I don't know if y'all remember me talking about a former boss of mine, but um, he used to always be hyped up on caffeine, and he was the one that <laughs> I was like, "How you going to Starbucks in the afternoon?" Okay, it's four o'clock, but whatever. No judgment <laughs> here. But right. I just remember, I had a question for him, and I used to sit across from his office, and I was like, you know, without naming any names, you know, boss, I got a question for you, and he was like. <laughs> I got the other side. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I know you. He said it like that. He showed it like Beavis and Butthead. That's what her mommy up. Welcome to Coffee to Cocktails, a conversation between two friends that spans across the day, starting with the coffee that wakes us up in the morning to take care of business, to the occasional cocktail that lets us wind down and take our hair down at the end of the day. I am Nina. And I'm Kristen. And we are your hosts for the evening. So grab a drink and join us for a little kiki. I I have been mispronouncing things lately. I'm starting to remind myself of Shirley Ann, my mama. And um, (laughs) like just saying things wrong. Like another thing that I noticed about the, uh, the reminiscing about Before Kids episode. When I mentioned the Indian restaurant in Mill Creek, I called it the clay pot and it's the clay pit. (laughs) And I said it a few times too. I was like, we was at the clay pot. Ooh, I just missed the clay pot. Ooh, clay pot was so good. Um, And I was like, "Mm, girl, it was very tasty. So you you knew what I was talking about. Look, you know, my memory ain't worth a hill of beans. (laughs) So you cannot rely on me. (laughs) <laughs> oh child to remember anything <laughs> and then last week with, with my gal galant galavant galant whatever <laughs> yeah. you spelled it at all g-a-l-l-a-n-t i was like oh. <laughs> how, how i'm getting it wrong but being precise about it <laughs> <laughs> well do you have a glass of this new age wine child yes i do now, which one do you have? Because I didn't realize they had several different types. So I bought the um the the white um I think it's called the sweet white. I think it's called. Okay, I got the same. Yes, because that's that's just the one I remember. I know they got like a pink one too, but luckily this was the only one in the store that I went to. Mm-hmm. So that that helped. <laughs> I I don't know if I remember. First of all, I was looking for the bottle in the store, and yeah. the the label has changed, so that threw me off. Mm-hmm. They've upgraded their label, um, but this is I don't I didn't remember or don't remember that it was slightly sweet but not overpowering. This yeah, is good, and I got even more excited when they said it was eleven dollars. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yes. So I am I am sipping on this. So. For our listeners, we are having a glass of New Age Sweet Wine. It's like a yellowish, greenish color. Uh, I mentioned it was slightly sweet, but not overpowering. It's like a mixture of the citrus fruits, so you can taste a little bit of the grapefruit and lime. Then you Mm -hmm. pair it with some of the tree fruits. So Mm -hmm. I I can taste some of the apple, the white peach. I was just about to mention the apple. Yeah, I can taste it. Yeah. A little carbonation, but not nearly as much as uh, a champagne or a sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. 8% alcohol, so a little bit heavier than what we had last week. Yes. But it's really good. 
And this one, I find new, new Age to me is just one of those wines where um, it's just good to have a bottle on hand. Like just when you just want to break it out for company, a little conversation wine or something like mm-hmm. that. Because it falls right in the middle. Like there, some folks like a really, really sweet kind of almost dessert type of wine. Mm-hmm. Others like a more dry white. And to me, this always fell like sort of in the middle. And some of the sweet wines, I like to drink them by themselves. Like I, I like to call the sweet wines my little hoochie mama cheap little supermarket wines. That's what I call those. You know, like barefoot Moscato, yeah. the the uh, Stella Peach, and all that stuff. You know, but um, with the new age, this is a sweet wine that I can actually eat or drink with a meal because yeah. it won't like overpower. You know. It's just perfect to me. It it is very tasty. The fact is, um, I saw a couple of recipes that use this sweet white wine um, that you can put with other drinks. Oh, but I like to just drink it by itself. Yeah, it, it's 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 perfect on its own. Yeah. I that's just one of my fondest memories of, of us back in Seattle is us sitting around the table shooting the crap talking about life and just shooting the breeze with a bottle of new age we each have our little glass and we we did <laughs> we yes this that's a perfect segue because we are talking around relocating and exactly what you said Kristen when we were in Seattle we drank a lot of new age <laughs> yes uh, that was where we kind of cut our wine teeth, I think, in Seattle. I'm not I'm not sure how you, you know, when you were in North Carolina, did you have, were you much of a wine person yet? No, I, I drank stuff that we had last week, which was the wine coolers. <laughs> and so. when, I was, when I was in Detroit, I wasn't, you know, wasn't too much of an order wine with dinner type of person. When we moved to Seattle, we were right by Washington wine country. And it just sort of like, you know, opened our eyes to some new things with the libations. So a lot of yeah. things that we discovered when we lived in, in Seattle. So if we go back to somewhat of, of the beginning, I think I had shared with um, the listeners and, and of course with you, Kristen, I basically grew up as a, a military angel and I moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Seattle, um, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm trying to, after, you know, uh, graduating from college, I wanted to stay closer to home, but it just didn't shake out that way. So mm-hmm. I had to move. So I grew up in Fayetteville and then went to school in Greensboro, which is about an hour and a half away from Fayetteville. So still fairly close to home. When Darren and I graduated, we moved to Indianapolis, which is basically known for the racing capital world. Let me tell you, Known as the drive fast, the racing capital. Oh, child! Uh, listen, <laughs> what you think? I don't know if it's the one, but I thought you said something else. So I was about to be like, "Honey, I'm glad you moved from there." Okay, <laughs> no, go on ahead. The, the racing <laughs> capital, racing like room, room racing. Gotcha. Uh, okay, in the Indy 500. Uh huh. If you like <laughs> to drive fast, that's a place 
that you would enjoy driving the home in Indy 500, right? I'm I'm telling you, I would be. I think the uh, interstate was 475. Mm-hmm. I would be on 475, keeping up with the traffic. I mean, going fast to go to work. Oh my goodness! And it it was it was normal. So we moved to Indianapolis, but we didn't stay there very long. It wasn't until we moved to Seattle we really started to get outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. We started doing things that we never probably would have even imagined. Mm-hmm. You talk around wine, we did that. Hiking. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Hiking stories. Uh-huh. Um, snowboarding and, and skiing. You know, we did mm-hmm. that. But it was it was a great place to live. It's you know, known for its um, one thing I didn't get into, which Seattle is known for the the coffee capital. I yeah. just did not get into coffee. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I did? Seattle was the first place I lived. Um, and, and for forgive me if if I sound a little bit green, wet behind the ears with regard to coffee, because uh, it could be maybe the age I was at too at the time. But growing up in Michigan coffee was in the morning right mm-hmm. <laughs> yes coffee was breakfast coffee was to get your little energy in the morning whatever seattle was the first place i moved where coffee was an all-day thing <laughs> right. a starbucks run or when we got to boeing it was all about tully's a tully's run could mm-hmm. happen at any time any point in the day and i don't know if y'all remember me talking about a former boss of mine but um, he used to always be hyped up on caffeine, and he was the one that <laughs> I was like, "How you going to Starbucks in the afternoon?" Okay, it's four o'clock, but whatever. No judgment <laughs> here. But right. I just remember, I had a question for him, and I used to sit across from his office, and I was like, you know, without naming any names, you know, boss, I got a question for you, and he was like, "I got the answer." I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I know you, he said it like that. He showed sure did. Like Beavis and Butthead. That's what it reminded me of. And I know he was just joking. But at the same time, you can see that it was like a caffeine-fueled joke. <laughs> but I digress. Go ahead, Nina. I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you're right. Mm-hmm. I would drink coffee any time of the day or night. I remember driving home mm-hmm. and you know Starbucks was was pretty pretty big in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. You're driving. Yeah, you you driving, I'm seeing the Starbucks line. I'm like, it's nine o'clock. Why is the line popping like it's it's Club Starbucks? What's going on? And I mean, not only did you have Starbucks, remember all those little um cap uh what what were they like espresso stands, I think they were? Yeah, I haven't seen that really anywhere. Like I thought, I almost was contemplating when I, um, you know, sometimes I go off of my little flights of fancy. I was like, I should open a an espresso stand here in Texas. It seems like a low cost startup that would pay for itself really quickly. The way people love coffee, but yes. they are literally on every corner in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're just these little. It almost looks like those little sheds that you see on sale. At like Home Depot and Lowe's, it's like a little kind of house <laughs> thing. It could be in the middle of a parking lot or on a corner or wherever. And, yeah. Um, they they have like they sell any caffeinated drink you would want and Italian sodas and everything else. 
I'm telling you, it was uh, it was just different to see. I, again, I I just couldn't get down with. If I have coffee, it's it's not really coffee. I think I I was me and my friend were talking about how we like our coffee. We basically like it like a hot milkshake. I put so <laughs> much cream and sugar. I remember one time me and Darren went to an event and um they had served coffee at the table and they had cream and so I put the cream in. And I loaded this thing up with so much cream and sugar. And he was like, I am so embarrassed. Would you like some coffee with your cream? <laughs> it's just a splash of coffee. This coffee flavored milk. This, you, that's what it is. All this cream and sugar. And I'm like, this is good. And it's so light by the time I get done with it. Mm-hmm. So it looks, you know, like a very light colored brown where, you know, when you have to drink coffee black, it's dark, not mine. So I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I can be if you give me cream and sugar. Oh, my goodness. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with that travel. You know what that's called? It's called a latte. With the, with the, with the, Hello. A mix, a lot of milk mixed into the coffee is fine. <laughs> <laughs> give me everything give me some vanilla some milk <laughs> some cream some sugar I just, all the above one of the things that uh that struck me as odd about seattle i mean because you gotta realize it it's like i'm i'm like you nina i had never moved in my life i used to wish mm. like well, and wonder like what would it be like to even move like to another place in detroit like i I had never moved until I did my semi-pseudo moves in college and grad school. And then, you know, me and Andre got married and it was just boom across the country. Mm. And so I'm coming from Detroit, you know, which is was a little at the time, you know, known for a high crime rates, um, was more over 90% black. Mm-hmm. And so here I am moving out to the Pacific Northwest even the landscape was different. I'm used to just flat horizon as far as you can see. Now I'm seeing mountains and all kind of the waterfalls and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we lived at a hotel for a month before mm. we uh, landed in Mukilteo at our apartment. And um, I remember going down and we were at the residence inn at Lake Union. And I went downstairs to the front desk because I saw one of the amenities they offer was board games. And so I went down there to get a board game, you know, for me and take back to the room for me and Andre. And I remember the I chose a game and the girl just handed it to me. And I just stood there for a second. I'm like, okay, so, you know, how much or what do I give you that you hold until I bring this game back? <laughs> you know, like literally... <laughs> And she was like, you know, you just take the game to your room and play it and bring it back. And I was like, oh, my good. Like, I just wasn't used to that level of trust in, yeah. in the general public because, shoot, where I come from, that game would be missing pieces. You'd be lucky if you get your game back. <laughs> you know, like, dude, it's mad now. <laughs> Not to say I would, <laughs> would steal it, but I mean, yeah. just, you know, you just don't trust people like that. And it, it was just so, so weird to now be in a place that apparently, you know, had had people give things back in their original condition. So <laughs> I say all that to say sometimes a change of scenery is, mm-hmm. is just what the doctor ordered in order yeah. to expand your horizon, try new things, meet new types of people, be in new places, breathe new air. So, now, did you do any research before you moved to Seattle? 
you know what we did i remember <laughs> it, it's a few little quirky things i remember actually because i had my we had visited some family kind of distant relatives it was looking back it was kind of odd like why were we visiting them but it was a fun trip um when i was in like fourth grade we visited some folks in tacoma so i have mm-hmm. been to washington that one time didn't remember too much about it it looked super high on the United States map, so I expected it to be about as snowy, if not more snowy, as Michigan. And the climate there came as a big surprise once we moved. And then um, I remember we used to have, remember TiVo? I remember TiVo, yeah. <laughs> like the first DVR or whatever. We used mm-hmm. to have TiVo. And I remember Andre set the TiVo to record anything having to do with Seattle. So, any programs that came on PBS, Food Network, whatever. That's how we started watching Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> mm. And so that that was basically the research we, we did. We knew it wouldn't be um, have as many Black folks as Michigan. We knew the cost of living was significantly higher than it was where we were at. And um, we knew it was really, really green there. <laughs> Well, y'all did a lot more research than I did. So coming from the East Coast and mm-hmm. then coming from, you know, the Midwest, we were in Indianapolis for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up getting a job with Boeing before Darren did. And then he came three months later. So mm-hmm. I remember, you know, accepting the position and Boeing was was moving me. They shipped my car, you know, mm-hmm. anything else that needed to go. Well, I tell you, I watched, I did no research. I was like, well, we just going to do this. Mm-hmm. I watched Sleepless in Seattle <laughs> thinking it was going to give me a little bit of justice and it did not. <laughs> and when I, when I landed, it was a culture shock. Now, mm-hmm. you know, not saying it's good or bad, but it was just completely different from what I was used to. Yeah. I grew up in a predominantly black, you know, area. So when I got to Seattle, I was like, oh, well, where, where's the rest of the you know, black people, they're, they're not here. They were there, but they weren't in the area where we were living. Where we were living, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get there and it's just me. It's, it's just me. And so this is um, one thing, Kristen, I wanted to ask you about. I think we talked a little bit about this, but when yeah. I got there, I had my rental car. I had my hotel and everything. I had to go to orientation and I ended up, you know, finding a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to start all over. You know, you go someplace, and I was, I was young. I think I was twenty three at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I look yeah, back at this twenty three. I look back at this now. I'm like, there's no one in my family who has you know visited or even moved over to the West Coast. All, all of my family's from the East Coast in the Carolinas. We got a couple family members in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually, you know, North and South Carolina. So that was it. So here I am basically moving across the country by myself. When Darren got there three months later, you know, Ooh, so it, was, courageous. it was better for us. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know any better. I don't think I, you know, I was like, if it doesn't work out, I can always go back home. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of just started many journeys that we've had many many moves that we've had and Laura, we have moves i'm tired of moving but that was 
probably one of the best decisions that I think we've made in our lives. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we started our relationship. Well, it grew because we were already dated, but it grew stronger out there. We were able to do things that we never could imagine. It mm-hmm. set the foundation for the, the two of us. And then it also got me to the point where I feel like I could just move anywhere. Yeah, I I definitely feel that too. I feel, I feel like we're we're two good people to be having this conversation because we both made that huge move as our, you know, our first move as adults. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And we relocated quite a few times since then. Mhm. So, now, yeah. When you all moved, and so you you moved together, so you had Andre with you mm-hmm. but when you moved you did not have a have a full employment right no no okay I had I was working as um, a marketing coordinator at Cisco Food Services of Detroit man I love that job child I I thought I was when I got that job I was in my bag like mm. Kristen that had major in marketing was now a marketing professional thank you very much and, and good night um, but I ended up um, I I resigned from that position upon finding out that we were relocating to Seattle and a move within the company to the Seattle location number one they the the Cisco system if you will didn't seem as interconnected that way Mm -hmm. to where they would sort of mitigate for somebody that was switching locations so it was kind of like you know, if you don't work for Cisco Detroit, you know, Cisco Seattle's like, oh, okay, well, we don't have any openings here. Oh, and man. They were way down in Kent, and we were, mm. you know, we ended up being way north in Muckleteo, so I probably would not have liked that commute down there. But, um, but yeah, so um, I came, I already had interviews in place before we even landed on the plane, so yeah, I had to find employment once we moved. Now, granted, uh, this, you know what? I'm thinking, Nina, this might be, um, if you've ever thought of applying to Boeing, this episode may be your motivation. <laughs> and <laughs> Boeing is still as generous as they were back then. Yeah. Because as the spouse, I, um, um, they, they hired a headhunter to work for me to help me oh. find jobs. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, Along with with my efforts, you know, my own going on monster.com, careerbuilder.com and all that stuff. um, There was a lady that I worked with. I remember her name to this day. Her name was Lisa Fishman. And Mm -hmm. she was beating the pavement to find interviews for me. So I already had interviews at Phillips and a bunch of other places lined up. Nice. Yeah. So Okay. So you got some of the perks of being a spouse. Of yeah. a Boeing employee. Well, we didn't have that because we weren't married. But <laughs> um, what we did later find out mm-hmm. was Boeing was really very family oriented. So mm-hmm. when they found out that I had worked for Boeing and Darren, you know, we were dating, I think that helped his case. Yeah. Um, and he he started working for Boeing, I think, around the same time you did, September of 2007. Oh, so you know what? It was about a year before me. Oh, okay. A year before you. Okay. Because so I was oh, so August of 08. Ah, okay. Yeah. So 
when I got there in um, January, he started working there. I think he was working at this place called Partners Crackers, where they were making crackers for some of the um, soda retailers. I think they sold these crackers at Partners. And mm-hmm. he was driving, I want to say to Kent. So we lived in Everett, which is north. And he was driving to Kent and he would have like work Sunday through Thursday and then have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the commute just got too much. And so he started, you know, looking for other positions, got hired on at Boeing, started working for Boeing. And then that's, uh, you know, the rest is history. We, we worked for the Boeing company for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. But um, we did a lot of things where we in Seattle. So, you know, we made some friends became family. And yes. we, were, we were so far away from what we knew as home. There were people all over who moved to Seattle from different places in the U.S. And when you're out in the Midwest, it's kind of far from, uh, you know, places if you're from the Midwest or even from the the East Coast and the South. Mm-hmm. So we would basically, you know, have Friendsgiving. I think it wasn't Friendsgiving at the time that we didn't know. <laughs> we <laughs> would have a Friendsgiving before they called it Friendsgiving. Right. <laughs> we would uh, be you get together we Seattle was really known for their delicious food and so we ate like it was no other mm, I miss the Seattle food scene to this day yeah I really do it was the the restaurants were so good I you know what I can I, re, I always tell people when I lived in California you know sometimes the restaurants were a hit or a miss Mm. you know and when I found one I really liked I would stick with it and then get tired of it because I went to it all the time Seattle I could probably count on less than one hand a restaurant I ate at that I did not like and that's ranging from you know we ate at some of the best five star places to a little hole in the wall that somebody Mm -hmm. recommended had the best burgers or whatever all of Mm. them were good (laughs) they were so good it, it was just yeah. different. It was. it was. It was different. Now, it took some time to get acclimated. Let me tell you that. Because yes. when we first moved there, where I come, you know, where I grew up, if it rained, thunderstorms, or whatever the case is, you just stay in the house. And so every weekend, we'd be like, man, it's raining. Okay, we stay in the house. And I remember going to work one day, and one of my coworkers was like, oh, how was your weekend? What'd you do? And I'm like, oh. It rained, so we just stay in the house and we just, you know, watch movies and just chilled out. And he was like, "Well, if you're waiting for the rain to stop, you'll never do anything. You have to get out." So <laughs> oh, that's right. That you was different for us. all year. Yeah, it was just different for us because we just were used to if it rained, you you stayed inside. So that mm-hmm. kind of took some time to get used to. Um, the cost of living was a culture shock for real. Like, yeah, because it was it was high even for back then. <laughs> it was expensive. I remember being on Zillow and looking at um, me and Andre were looking at you know looking at houses. And one mm-hmm. thing me and Andre used to like to do in Michigan is drive out to the suburbs and like tour those model homes and stuff. Uh huh. You know, in the new neighborhoods, you can go look at the model. And we would see the price tag, and I remember with some houses we looked at that today would easily probably be about five hundred thousand, and back then it was like one fifty, and we were like, ooh, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Like, oh, 200,000, Lord, can we do it? You know. Yeah, yeah. And then we started looking on Zillow at Seattle, and we're seeing, like, $300,000 houses that's, like, what we would consider to be a teardown. You know. Yeah. Kind of, like, tin roof kind of thing, you know. Or look, look like it could, like, maybe be, like, an RV or something. Not an RV, but, you know, like a, um, like a mobile home. Yeah. It was $300,000 and we were just like okay so how much would a house that we actually want well how much would that be (laughs) (laughs) we we had a rude awakening so we lived in apartments and I think at the (coughs) time we we lived in one apartment and then we ended up moving uh somewhere else to get a little bit more space and so we were there for four years so probably after year three we were like okay well if we're gonna be here for a little bit more time Let's figure out what this house means. Mm-hmm. So we go and I think we I, I think we even got I don't know if we got a real estate I think we did get a real estate agent. And so we had to go further out, like where uh the outlets were. If you remember mm-hmm. further like north. Like Marysville, yeah. Marysville, that was it. Mm-hmm. And we get out there and I'm like, okay, we still these prices are outrageous. So we realized we were not ready to buy a home. We had to get some stuff in order. And yeah. then at that time, it was, we also were looking at, you know, just kind of being closer to our family. And we're just so far out there. And we wanted to start our own family time. And I'm like, I don't know if we can do this way out here. We need to go back to, you know, closer to the Midwest or the East Coast. Yeah. But that got us in gear because we would start looking at places and you pull up and you'd be like, did they just sit for a little townhome back here in the <laughs> You know, trailer park area, and then and then they want three hundred and sixty thousand dollars for seventeen hundred square feet. Yeah, what? It was it was just different. It was crazy. Very expensive. I remember it well. Um, it, it was it was definitely um definitely a sticker shock. <laughs> yeah. So we oh, never man. purchased the house. We just stayed in apartments. But that kind of got us to the point where we're like, you know, depending on where you live, the cost of living is going to be very different. And I think before I moved, I didn't know any better. I mean, that kind of, I'm looking at, you know, some of the talking points that we have. And I don't know if I'm sort of jumping ahead, but when you mentioned the cost of relocating, period, Mm -hmm. is something to consider. Um, I think some of our relocation stories may be a little bit romanticized too, with because you know both of us have had the experience of having Boeing move us, yeah. and um, you know basically with them you get the red carpet experience. <laughs> they just come pack up your house, put it on the truck, and you just fly out and it's there. But um, you know when you're considering moving, it's the whole thing with like okay. Do I put everything in a U-Haul and move it myself? Or do I hire a moving company? I mean, with this big move that I have from California to Texas, all I knew with regard to big moves is hiring a huge company like an Allied or a Northwest or a Beckins or whatever. But it's like, you you know, you got to be kind of careful with that because they come out and do that estimate. That could easily be in the five figures easy man and so, <laughs> let me know. tell you mm-hmm. so when we moved from 
Seattle, Indianapolis to Seattle, we didn't have a lot. It just, mm-hmm. it just was, I think we ended up selling our furniture to, I don't know if it was a family member or a friend, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved from Seattle to Charleston, Darren moved first. And then yeah. I came six months after that to Charleston because uh, my position wasn't available in the, the building that I was working for just wasn't, it was being constructed. Yeah. So we didn't have a lot there. When we moved to Charleston and we spent six years in our house, when Kroger came, they did the same thing that Boeing did. They rolled out the red carpet. Yeah. We didn't lift a finger. They came in and they boxed everything. But I saw the bill. I saw how much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kroger. Oh my gosh, if we had to do this ourselves. Mm-hmm. I would either be selling things or we may not have moved as fast as we did. Yeah. So that was, that was a lot. Um, and then, you know, like even now, like now that we're in, in the Cincinnati area, mm-hmm. I get anxiety thinking about moving. We have so much in this house. Yeah. Let me tell you another thing that I never even knew of. Girl, mm-hmm. I didn't know houses had basements like that. I grew up in the South. <laughs> Basement that those don't really exist in the South. It just just wasn't available. The so Midwest we have a basement. basements. Yes. yes. And Darren was like, oh, you know, we grew up. And I was like, basement? What do you do down there? I'm thinking of a basement is a place where you would just store your items. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a living, it's living space, you know, space that you mm-hmm. have to, to enjoy. So we have a basement and we recently got our basement finished. Yeah. So we have three levels. If I had to move, even not packing it up myself, I just get anxiety thinking about how much we have. It's overwhelming. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt when we moved from um, that California house. That mm-hmm. was a three-level house. Y'all, you remember when you visited? I remember, yes. And, uh, you know, when, it's like when you've had a life and just been living life, uh-huh. You know, fully furnished home, whatever, and you're accumulating toys, trinkets, oh. books, and stuff. It. I mean, when I when I moved from California, I, I called the junk guys out to you know when as they were boxing things up, and I was thinking about what I can take, what I have space for, whatever. I just mm-hmm. started getting rid of stuff. If I couldn't sell it, I got rid of it. Yeah, the one eight hundred junk or whatever, whoever I hired. There were two truckloads of just stuff. Yeah, oh my God. that it's was the junk. So that wasn't the stuff we was putting on the moving truck. It wasn't the stuff that we were selling. <laughs> and I remember my neighbors that lived across from us. She was telling me her husband was home during the day and saw them moving because mm-hmm. our, our process kind of blocked their driveway. So you know we apologized to them for the inconvenience, but they knew in advance. But um, but. He was. She was like, "Yeah, Travis saw them emptying y'all's house," and he was like, "Man, they have a lot of shit." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, I'm a little bit embarrassed, but we, it's like you pick up your whole life yes. to move." And then I remember, as far as selling things, uh, I sold so much stuff. By the time I was ready to drive to California, you know, I had thousands of dollars in cash. Some of it I deposited. Some of it I kept on me for the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I, I, all my stuff was on the moving truck. I put my babies in the car. We left. I had my proceeds from selling that house, finally. 
because that was that's a whole other episode upon itself oh. selling that house. I have my yeah. house proceeds in the bank, <laughs> and I had that cash on me from selling stuff. Facebook marketplace. And this is, okay, Facebook marketplace. I was gonna say, where did you sell your items? But it sounds like you you did well. So yeah, I, I really did, and I um. I, I remember anytime I sold something, a little table, whatever it was, I didn't spend the money. I put it in this little box like a little old lady. <laughs> and I just watched a little stack of cash grow. And I'm like, okay, this is our little nested treasury of money. And um, yeah, Facebook Marketplace, I found that to be a good place to sell because, I mean, not to say you like totally safeguarded from nonsense, but I felt good being able to get an inquiry from somebody wanting something I was selling and then I was able to mm. go to their profile and just kind of get a peek like is this a real person Be- yeah. and, and I say that because um, when Andre first passed away that was when I got my first little taste of selling stuff online because uh, what was it we were about to redo the patio and there was this fireplace we had from Restoration Hardware and uh, I ended up selling that. And at first, I put it on Craigslist. Ugh. Mm. And I just got some of the creepiest little interactions on Craigslist. Yeah. People talking about, you know, deposit the money and then I'll do this and blah, 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 blah. And the wire transfer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? We ain't doing that. And Facebook Marketplace, just long story short, was really easy for me to just post something kind of vet who I was talking to before we did the exchange and I was able to get rid of a lot of stuff that way so that's a tip for anybody that's needing to just if you want to just sell everything I would recommend it now you've moved a few times and think Mm -hmm. you know we've we talked around that what is probably the hardest thing that you had to overcome during relocating for that, I would probably have to go back to that very first move from Detroit to Seattle. Um, it, it was just a level of anxiety because I had never moved before, not even mm. that, that far for college on top of life events for me. Cause I, you know, I said a couple episodes ago, I mean, it was everything. We, uh, you know, Andre got this job, we got married. Uh, did that whole thing our marriage and our honeymoon was kind of mixed together because we did a destination wedding mm-hmm. came back home hadn't even unwrapped wedding gifts we just told them put that on the truck we'll open it in Seattle mm. <laughs> and uh, mm. I mean it was just it was a whirlwind from start to finish because I remember the latter part of that year um, of 2006 when Andre had just you know when he started applying to different places and the the interviews started rolling in and the offers started rolling in for a second we didn't know where we were going Mm. he had had gotten offers from uh from nasa like down cocoa beach whatever uh, where where the space shuttle is yeah newport news virginia a few other pennsylvania i think like it was a philadelphia thing of boeing and then the seattle boeing Mm. I had no idea where we, we were going, what he was going to choose. I actually had a dream about what he was going to choose before he chose it. And so, yeah, gift of prophecy, different episode. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a dream that he opened up a blue Boeing folder and I didn't even know what like the Boeing, the physical 
offer package looked like, and it looked like that in my dream. Mm. He opened it up and took out this paper, and it was an offer from Seattle. Nice. And when I woke up, he was like, you know what? I think I'm going to choose that Seattle offer. But, yeah. I Look think at that. <laughs> I think that, like, the, that was the hardest move for me. And it ended up being, you know, really cool because, like you said, that was one of the best decisions we made in life was to be newly married and then move to Seattle. But I was scared. I had never left Detroit, you know? Yeah. I but left, you I, had someone, and so that probably made it a little easier. That was the buffer because I left yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and talk about trust. <laughs> yeah, you know, y'all y'all were married, and so it was like, okay, this is it's going to be the two of us. We we had something different. So I think the hardest thing for me, mm-hmm. uh, I was excited about moving. You know, I had had experience from moving so much when I was younger, mm-hmm. but I was doing this on my own. And I remember my parents and my mom always said, "Listen, if it doesn't work out, you can always come back home." So that kind of gave me some of the. So a mm-hmm. little bit of encouragement like go out there if it doesn't work you can always come back and you know no just be in an environment that you know oh that's the um, best thing you could tell a, a kid that's headed yeah. out into the world <laughs> explore and if it doesn't work out you have somewhere to land yeah so I think that helped me <clears throat> my biggest um I guess the, the the hardest thing I had to overcome was when I landed I think life settled in like wow I am here now yes. I'm gonna tell you I am very bad with directions there's two things and I'm really I've gotten better <laughs> two things I don't do well with I always say my memory is worth a hill of beans because it is and I didn't do well with direction we didn't have a lot of large highways and freeways girl when I landed I landed at night because my flight got delayed coming from Indianapolis in January Mm-hmm. And so the snow came and so my flight got delayed. And so I flew from Indianapolis to Charlotte and then from Charlotte all the way to Seattle. Very mm-hmm. long flight. And when I landed, it was dark and I was on my way to Vancouver, Canada because I missed <laughs> the exits. <laughs> so I'm calling there like, I don't know. I'm lost. I can't find the place. And, you know, back then we didn't have navigation. You had MapQuest. You know, four pages of MapQuest, like you are definitely going on a journey. So it was very different for me because I came from a smaller place and I didn't live in Indianapolis that long to really get that acclimated to a larger city. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to Seattle, it was it was just different. But um, I was so grateful that Darren came, you know, three months later. Now, Mm -hmm. we took a risk because we were just dating. So you can imagine us moving out to a place where there was no one there's no family there's no friends that we had established at the time it was just the two of us and so things didn't work out or if they would not have worked out then we would have had to go our separate ways but I think that actually made us a lot stronger because we had no one but this just the two of us I kind of had to cleave unto one another like the body honey Just a reminder that you can listen to us on podcast platforms like Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple. All you have to do is search for Coffee to Cocktails. And stay in touch with us outside the podcast. 
email us at coffee to cocktails podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and review. Just um definitely getting outside. When we talk about outside of comfort zone, ooh, I was there. Yeah. I mean, but that's where you grow, you know? Mm-hmm. When you're outside of your comfort zone, that's where it will build character. That's where you have to sort of stretch yourself a little bit. And yeah. I remember asking one of my good friends, um, uh, my friend Makayla, she, um, I always call her my big little sister because mm-hmm. even though she's about two years younger than me, she just got so much wisdom and stuff. I like to just sit at her feet and she teach me stuff like I'm the baby sister. So, Aww. you know, and I remember when I, I mean, to this day, when I see her, I just see her as this fearless person. And if she is fearful, she just does it scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she's done everything from like, I think when she first started out, she was producing the news in San Francisco. Then she was a celebrity makeup artist. Oh, girlfriend! Then she started a lash business. Girlfriend been on Shark Tank with the eyelashes and oh, nice! You know she's just done it all. But I remember asking her because I saw her make that move from Detroit to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and I was it was a, a weeks before we were leaving from Seattle. I was like, "How did you do it? Were you scared? Like, what?" She was like, "Just look at it as an adventure," and she said the mm-hmm. same thing. Your mom said, if it don't work out, you know, exactly, you can always come back where you're from. So I wouldn't change the relocations that we've done for anything. And I look at the girls and I'm like, I want them to explore even more than what Darren and I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I think relocating and moving to other places it really did give us a different perspective of life overall. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when you're so used to living in one place, the only thing that you have to go off of is other people's stories or what you see on TV, whether it's the news or a TV show, or maybe living through other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. But we got a chance to experience it firsthand. So when people talk around, um, you know, just places that they lived and I know me being a a brown girl and I tell people that I live in Seattle they get so excited Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah I lived there for you know x amount of years it was it was different but I thought it was probably one of the best decisions that I could have made in my life Mm -hmm. I mean look at us we became friends from Seattle yes we did you know years ago (laughs) Imagine if life had taken us in different directions, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it just opens. I mean, of course, there's little scary stuff. You might stumble sometimes, make some mistakes here and there. Yeah. But um, but overall, I mean, it kind of gives you that push. Like when you don't know people, you sort of build that village. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's either going to make you retreat further into your shell or come out. And if mm-hmm. you choose to come out of that shell, there's so much possibility and opportunity. You know, you meet new friends. You establish new life. Um, I mean, you, people have, we've seen people meet the love of their life when they relocate. And, yeah. 
yeah. you know, and, and, and the rest is history. So, I mean, if you just take that chance, you know, and think about all the possibilities and, and don't think of all the things that could go wrong because stuff is going to go wrong anyway, whether you do it or not. Yeah. Stuff is going to go right, whether you do it or not. So, you know, just sometimes the only answer is to just do it and that and i say that for the people that are like just really especially with all the snow that's in michigan i've just seen about four five six of y'all post little <laughs> facebook statuses <laughs> like why do i still live here no shade yeah. to michigan that's my home state but if you are beginning to feel disenchanted with where you're currently at and you're entertaining the thought of relocating i mean start doing some research look into it mm. What you had asked about um research I did earlier, Nina. Mm-hmm. I remember it was this website called City Data. Okay. And City Data was just um it, it's it's like a website that that's it looks kind of old school, but it's like chat chat based or whatever. So you have all these different threads about different cities. And um you just have people talking about relocating from one city to the next and stuff. And you get like locals and people that have, you know, transplants all talking about the place where you are thinking about going and just having candid conversations about it. This is not like the board of tourism saying, Hey, move here and bring your tax dollars. This is like normal people saying the traffic sucks, but the mm-hmm. food is good and blah 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 blah. So it's like just go online, Google a little bit. Uh, you know, join. There's a Facebook group. I think it's actually a series of groups. Yeah. Then, yeah. Have you seen that one group called something like Flip the Zip? Yes. And they I have. I can remember the name of it, but yes, yeah. I know, know what you're talking about. And use they, your resources. Yes, I mean that Flip the Zip group. They have it broken down into different cities to specific to where you're about to move to or mm-hmm. considering. Join mm-hmm. those groups. We didn't have that. I told uh-uh, you nope. I watched the movie and it <laughs> didn't mean no justice. Facebook ain't even had no groups when we moved. No, it was just, you just have to just go for it. But now you do have websites and even connecting with people. You know, we talked around how social media has helped. You can reach out to somebody that you know that lives there or someone that knows someone that lives there and kind of get a different perspective. But I, I think it's, use your resources yes i mean go for it especially today uh it, it's just so many places where you can get information and knowledge but you know i i talk about some of the stumbling blocks you run, might run into i mean sometimes today you might not even have to have those same experiences with all the information yeah. that's available to you so yeah take yeah. advantage of that i think moving um, you know, relocating, even if it's within the same state, but a different, a different city, it kind of provides you more of an open mind. You have a little bit more, uh, like a, a different perspective mm-hmm. that you can, that you can have that you didn't have before because you're seeing something different in every, I think every city has its own feel to it. Yeah. So if you're even just moving to a different city, that's one thing. But I think you really gain that experience and that different perspective when you live in a completely different state. Sometimes I wish I would have gone to college in a different state. If I if I had known mm-hmm. how that Seattle transition would be and how much it would benefit me, 
I probably would have done a little baby move in college. At least went to Ohio or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just different, breathe some different air, see some different people, different cultures. You know what I want to talk about briefly, Nina? Um, Having moved to Seattle, you know, or even any of the places that you lived in after Seattle, and Mm -hmm. then traveling home. Like, did your, when you visited home for like the first time or whenever, did you kind of see how made like ways that you've changed versus how things were at home and how you used to view things at home? Oh my goodness. Yes. I do remember. So I moved to Seattle in January, 2007 and um, Darren moved, I think in like right, right around his birthday, around April. <clears throat> and we were, trying to decide if we were going to stay in Seattle for Christmas, our first Christmas, or if we were going to go home. We ended up deciding to go home to each other state. So I went to North Carolina and he went to Ohio. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, um, I had known I had grown, not saying it was, I was better than everybody else, but it was just a different perspective. And I remember my cousin was like, Hey, I didn't think you was going to come home. I was like, yeah, you know, we decided to, you know, just come home for the holidays. When she, when I told her that I lived in Washington, she thought that I was living in Washington, D.C. That was my friend's thought that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that's gonna mess if I get on the wrong plane. I said, no, no, no. I'm on the other, opposite side of the country. I, I just can't. If I lived in Washington, D.C., I could drive. I could drive home because I think from <laughs> D.C. to uh, Fayetteville slash Greensboro, it was around five hours. I can, oh, wow. I can make that drive. Short. It was close. So that was one thing that my family didn't really understand what that meant, how far it was. It was like on the other side, but they didn't really understand that. Yeah. And then um, there were things that they were still doing that I just thought to myself, oh, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, I've expanded my horizon again, not saying that I was being better, but it was just a whole different experience because yeah. I had been in Seattle for almost an entire year and I'm coming back to, you know, family members who haven't left the Carolinas and, and born and raised and grew up there and haven't even left the city. Mm-hmm. So it was really different. And it was conversations that I was trying to have with some of my cousins that they didn't really understand. Um, it, it was just a whole different experience. Yeah, I, I definitely experienced that um, going back home. And it's kind of like you said, Nina, like not to, you know, say like, oh, I'm so much more evolved since I left my hometown. It's nothing like that. But it's like it, there's something to be said about being in a different geographic region with with folks that have a different upbringing thus may think about you know daily mundane things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. sometimes it gives you a view of like you know things that might be kind of negative like stuff that's the way you've always known it to be does not have to be that way like I I always say like when you grew up in Detroit it's kind of a gift and a curse but uh, it's like a certain grit that is ingrained in you growing up where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And you just, you know, kind of always on guard a little bit. Yeah. Don't want to be caught slipping. 
Mm-hmm. You know, your ears perk up when you hear certain stuff or people's voices in a certain tone or whatever. <laughs> and that seemed to be a little bit magnified when I went home because in Seattle, I mean, I don't want to make Seattle sound like some type of utopia or something. But what I found was that the people I encountered were generally a lot more nice mm-hmm. and a lot more unassuming with regard mm-hmm. to crime, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and probably because at the time I've heard different about Seattle today. But at yeah. the time, you know, it's just less crime in Seattle. I remember me and Andre used to laugh at watching the news in Seattle. <laughs> because <laughs> the news in Seattle, like we laughed at, at the reports, and, and this is going to sound so bad, but not laughing at the actual incident, but the irony. We we used to laugh at the reports of people dying, not the fact that they died, but Detroit. Somebody yeah. died, got shot, got murdered, whatever, like gruesome stuff versus Seattle, like another man has died while hiking Tiger Mountain and fell <laughs> off of a... It's like, these people died I mean to laugh. happy stuff. I like, don't mean to laugh, but I know exactly what you're you know, saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's sort of a morbid point of view, but me, I, it, again, it's that toughness thing yeah. coming from, you know, we, we probably laugh at stuff that other people would be like, okay, that's not funny. Yeah. But I, it just, what I say all that to say, it, it, it was just a different perspective that I gained. Yeah living outside of some place that I had lived the first 26 years of my life. Yeah. It was just, just completely, completely different. I even look at when we moved from Seattle to Charleston. I mean, that was mm-hmm. um, not a culture shock, but, you know, different cultures. And we were excited about moving to Charleston. First of all, they had summer and it lasted <laughs> more than two weeks. Because when oh, we to Seattle, I'm like, what do you Pull mean out your summer? Coat in August. <laughs> Listen, summer starts the day after Fourth of July. What 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 does that mean? I had so many plans to wear so many summer outfits, and I just had to put on the jacket because of the temperature. Now I oh think things goodness. have changed since then, but you know, back when we lived there, there would be like one, maybe two weeks of hot heat. Yeah, of like summertime, <laughs> and then it would go back to like. <laughs> It was Everything. back to that mild, you know. You remember that time? I remember because I was pregnant with the, the only time I appreciated that mild weather in Seattle was when I was pregnant with Marcus because that was the summer. So many people were pissed because that summer was so mild. Mm-hmm. It was like it wasn't even summer. Yeah. It was it was June and it was still 50 degree weather. And then I remember we all went out to breakfast uh, at some Greek restaurant. I remember because they had these really good tasting breakfast sausages that didn't taste like no other sausages I had. Maybe it's because I was pregnant. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The sausages was good. Um, But I remember it was August, the first day of August. Mm -hmm. And the restaurant, you know, was a really popular place. So there was a line outside and Everybody had on jackets and coats and fleeces, and they were serving coffee to keep the people warm outside in August. Just 
And you know, I don't do cold. Anybody who know me know I do not like cold. If it's not 77 or above, I'm uh-huh. probably freezing. So <laughs> I get out there and I'm like, well, where is the sun? So when we moved to Charleston, I was like, woohoo, the heat. Now, I said that the first year and then by year two, I was like, oh my God, here comes the heat because it was hot. Yeah. Um, but you know, even just understanding the different climates was just just something that we had to get used to and I know in in the Carolinas it get hot like you'd be like oh god I'm dreading the summer because it's so warm yeah so going from Seattle to Charleston that was one thing and I would tell you the food man everything was made in butter and dripped in gravy (laughs) (laughs) And there was a lot of history in in the uh, in Charleston, a lot of plantations, southern cuisine, that southern charm. So very different from Seattle, but um, different from the Carolina, you know, North Carolina where I grew up. It was in the deeper south, so it was just you know a, a, again a different a different perspective. And then even moving to Cincinnati, I was like, um, y'all still go to work and to school with this white things <laughs> on the ground. It's snowing. It's negative four degrees. We still leave in the house because in the Carolinas, if there was a threat of ice <laughs> or snow, they would shut everything down just stay at home because they don't have the equipment and they weren't used to it. So I had to get used to driving in the snow. Now I can get in the car and drive in the snow and be cool with it. Be mm-hmm. sliding a little here and there, but I'm like, we don't make it. I'll just go slow. <laughs> Oh my god! I remember blending in with the crowd in Seattle because I, I grew up in the places where it's like, okay, ten inches of snow, the roads are salted, we have school. Um, and but in Seattle, you know, you get one little dusting of snow, the entire city shuts down. <laughs> right? Do you remember that first year? I think it was. I don't know. Maybe it was the second year. It was two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Maybe it was two thousand eight. Yeah, and it snowed so much where the fact that people were abandoning their cars on the freeway. Yes, <laughs> I remember it well. It snow did not see that was my first year at Boeing when we got all that snow. Mm-hmm. I remember I was able to tack on an extra week or so to my Christmas break because we got so much snow that um you know I was out that whole week before I was supposed to be home for Christmas break. So. <laughs> I just stayed on home. Like, why go in? But, um, but yeah, I used to, and it's rightfully so that they they uh, shut the Seattle streets down because of all mm-hmm. the hills. Like, yes. like Seattle, all, second hilliest city to me, next to like San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so you you don't want to be on those streets when it's icy. No, <laughs> I, I remember at first. Yeah, I remember how the conversation shifted because before it snowed, I was like, "Man, I I cut my teeth driving during blizzards. Whatever, I'm good." <laughs> I, I learned to drive in the blizzard of 90, whatever. <laughs> and, but when it really did snow, I was like, uh-uh, honey, uh-uh, I'm staying home. I ain't driving. You blended in, right? <laughs> you you blended in. Now, I came from a place, North Carolina, again, North and South Carolina, they're just like, look, this is, this is not it. So, y'all yeah. just stay home. We don't have the equipment. So, when I got to Seattle, I, I, I blended in there. We're like, oh, 
And you're right. It was a lot of heels. And I just saw myself. I'm like, if I keep going out here, driving, <laughs> I'm going to be sliding down this hill. <laughs> it's funny. When you mentioned uh, what the person said to you at work regarding the Seattle rain, like if y'all go out in the rain, you probably never go anywhere. Yeah. It's funny because Mr. Marcus man, who was born in Seattle, when we moved to Southern California, it was an adjustment for him because, you know, it's sunny all the time. And when mm. they would have little activities at his school, you know, recess, whatever, if it was even raining a little bit, they were doing indoors. Mm-hmm. And little Seattle Marcus is like, dude, it's just a little bit of rain. Come on. <laughs> he was used to it. Yeah, because I remember when we put him in, in Bright Horizons, uh, the, the bowling daycare. Mm-hmm. That was one of the selling points. They were like, you know, we always do outdoor play as part of our curriculum. So unless the temperature is like dangerously low or super duper heat stroke hot, the the kiddos are going to be outside playing and discovering and whatever. And so he was used to, you know, if it's raining, do we break out our rain boots and we go stop in some puddles? The rain jackets, because you didn't carry umbrellas in Seattle, because you uh-uh. knew if you did, you could be spotted out as a visitor <laughs> or someone that didn't, you know, li- didn't live there yeah. or haven't lived there for long. So we would, I would have a lot of rain jackets where you just throw your head on. Now, let me tell you this. I struggled in the beginning with the hair thing. Yeah, yeah. I still had a relaxer and I'm like, I cannot get this stuff wet. Mm-hmm. That was that was a challenge for me. I now, if I would have moved if I would move to Seattle today, I would be like, we're gonna crochet this all year <laughs> round. <laughs> Keep it moving. Right. You know, I do have to say Seattle was where I went natural. And I did find it very freeing. Because I, you know, I grew up not going out in the rain. If you just got your hair done, I ain't trying to have my hair snapped back to whatever. I paid too much money for this. But when my hair was like super snapping, right. snap short. No, and I'm... I was out in that Seattle rain and not having to worry about it. It was very liberating. It was nice. So, well, yes. Seattle your, helped me go natural. Your friend was not thinking that way. <laughs> I was like, uh uh-uh, this fresh relaxing, Uh, we got to figure something out. And it was always, you know, rainy, and I would have to have an umbrella or a jacket with a hood. I made it work. I think a few times I think I've gotten braids, so that kind of helped. But it was uh, was just different to to experience. But I was... Seattle had that rain too, where it's like, okay, it's one thing if it's a downpour and you put on your little hood, make a run for it, get wherever you're going. Seattle had that drizzle. And honey, that drizzle do something different to your hair than running through a a rainstorm. (laughs) That you you could put on a hat or hood or under an umbrella and the water don't even get on your hair that much, but that drizzle like would just have your hair looking not like you want it. <laughs> like, what you is this? I can't a, do nothing with it. A bob it. and come out with a fro. <laughs> Just again, different. I had never experienced the hairstyle the way that I had to experience in Seattle 
that I did in, you know, in, in the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah. And that was another thing. So you talk around when you move, you have to start an entire new team. I had to find a hairstylist. Yeah. If I were to move today, I would probably have to find like an esthetician for my skin because I have one. I would have to find a whole new crew of friends. New um, friends, new doctors, new yeah, doctors, everything. All, all of that. So, um, but, but I think now that I've moved on so many occasions, I think I could, again, like I said, I can move, pick up and move anywhere. The difference would be I now have two kids that I have to consider cutting in and out of school. And yeah. I did that when I was younger and that was hard. I went to, I think, 12 to 13 different schools, cutting in, not starting the school year when, you know, like after the summer and the school start, school year starts, or even after like the um, Christmas break, I was cutting into school April, oh, September. Wow. And so that was very challenging. But I think that's the reason why I was like, oh, we're moving. Okay. That Let's made go. it a little easier for you because you it have moved as a child. Yeah. So many times. But at the same time, it sounds like it has shaped some of your views around now that you have kids, how much you are willing to relocate with your children too. Yes. I yeah. don't want to do that to them. I like the fact that they are, especially Brielle, she's starting school and she's growing with her friends and she's building those friendships. I didn't really have a lot of that because I, we got settled when I was in the ninth grade. Yeah. And so at ninth grade, you know, you kind of already have your friend group a little bit because you went to school with these children and these friends all throughout middle school, elementary. Um, I would be, even be jealous of people who grew up in a house from the time that they were born or younger up until the time they graduated like yeah. high school. I didn't have that. We moved a lot. Yeah, I can imagine how that could be how that could be difficult. Because I mean, you say twelve different schools. That's basically a, a different school for every grade. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But it was I, again. I think it kind of shaped me who I am. It prepared um, you. I'm I'm not afraid now. I do not want to move again. I look at all the stuff in this house and I'm like, ooh, that's so much. Even if we don't pack it, it's still a lot that we'll have to eventually unpack depending on where we end up and buy home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I like we've settled. I like where we live. Yeah. I don't want to move right now. Maybe, look, I'm going to tell you, I don't like cold. And <laughs> during the winter time, I think after October, I start to get an anxiety attack because I know oh. what's coming next. And so yeah. right now it's warm. Like I think one day this week is going to be 74. That's unusual. But it also has snowed in April. And I'm like, what did I do that at? Just the same What is going on? What, what is going on? So <laughs> I know this is probably not our last stop, but it's probably going to be our final stop for a while until at least the girls get older. And then we'll probably future. Yeah. Yes. I can't be cold when I'm old. <laughs> and that's what that's sort of that's how I'm feeling now too. Um, you know, with the place in Dallas. I really want the boys to like establish friendships. Now I always pride Marcus on um 
you know, one thing I've been proud of him for over the years is his ability to like integrate into different spaces and adapt Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. make friends and stuff. But at the same time, I don't always want to put him in that position to do that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, even when Andre was alive, you know, as far as Marcus's school, we got moved around involuntarily a couple times in his earliest days in school. Mm. Because when we first bought that house, um, when we purchased the house in Irvine, the house that y'all visited us in in California, mm-hmm. you know, we were the selling point with was that they were building this brand new school, and he would be walking distance from Beacon Park Elementary School, and you know we were so happy with it. We get him all established in there or whatever, and a few weeks into his first grade year, I get a letter in the mail saying. Hey, you're being rezoned to the other new school that's being built across the way in the neighborhood. Oh wow. Yeah, so they, you know, he ended up having to switch to Canaan's Park. And it was extremely frustrating because we had to drive past the school we were actually closest to to get to this new school where they were building new houses, which means we had to drive through a construction zone. Oh, no. Which basically, you know, and then I have Miles. Mm. And I'm going off on a tangent here, but remember we used to have the nurse to come and take care of Miles. The earliest mm. she could get to the house was 8 o'clock. And the school bell rang at 8.10. Oh, so my trying, gosh. Trying to get this baby, get my oldest baby across the neighborhood. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to get stuck behind a cement truck or a dump truck or something else. And get him to school in time for this bell. So it was it was a lot. And and uh, you know, I just say all that to say now that we're here, you know, I look forward to Marcus going to school with the friends that he's meet has now since yes. elementary and middle school and all and making those lifetime connections. So yeah, I mm-hmm. get it. You know. Yeah. I I didn't have that. And you know, back then when we were growing up, there wasn't a lot of social media there wasn't a lot of um roblox because that's what brielle plays it connects with her friends mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of that to stay connected with your your friends that you had we had pencil and paper you that's write what- a letter and if they moved your letter would come back to you and be like uh wrong address and that so, was it that was that, it that was it you went, might have a phone number that you would probably call um, someone in their family, if it was an aunt or uncle or grandmother or something of that sort, but you really didn't have a lot of ways to connect with people if you moved to a different city or state, especially if they moved. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that was um, it was it was difficult, but I, I again I I think I could just just pick up and and, and move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to do that because of the girls, but if it was just Darren and I, I don't think we would be in Cincinnati. I don't like the snow. And obviously he don't need it. I'm like, but didn't you grow up? Yeah, that's why I don't like it. Yeah, but I don't like it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we got to go somewhere warm. And this ain't it. I mean, you know what, when you you talk about um, connecting via Roblox or social media and stuff like that, I'll say this too for folks relocating. It's a lot that social media has made acclimate into your new space a little bit easier because what we just mentioned about having to find like 
just you know knew everything new glam new this new. like one thing i used to research uh before moving places was how close am i to the nearest mall like oh. how, like am i living in the city where i can go to a bloomingdale's or a, or a nordstrom or something like how far away am i but um like when i moved here to dallas you know if i wanted to find a new person to do my nails or a hair braider or anything it's so easy now to just go on instagram and mm-hmm. hashtag dallas braids or you know in the case with the boys uh prosper texas barber you know that's how i find a barber that cut little black boys hair you know mm-hmm. see their portfolio on their pictures and stuff right there so I, uh, one tip, one movers hack, use them hashtags online and find your people. That's how you're going to find your tribe. I'm going to tell you, that is probably the first thing that I did as soon as I landed in every single city that we moved to. Yeah. I got to find a hairstylist. Now, before Instagram came, I would ask around. I would look for people. I think I found a hairstylist when I was shopping in one of the malls in Indianapolis when we lived there. And I was in the store buying a pair of shoes that like champs the finish line. Yeah. And there was a a, a girl that was uh, cashing me out. She was a black girl. And I was like, oh, your hair looks so good. Who does it? Yeah. Boom. Hairstylist. There you go. Close <laughs> so out. Like, you, fed. you have a conversation and find your people. Somebody got to do my hair. That's the first thing. And even when I moved to Cincinnati, I kind of did the same thing. I just used, I think, Facebook at the time. I don't know if I was on Instagram, but I was going through and I found the hairstylist that I still use today. She does a lot of natural style, so she she cuts like no other. Like, she keeps your hair. And I had a pixie cut when I first moved here. Uh-huh. And so I found her through using Facebook. So, yes, using your resources, again, that is something that you um, you can you can use to find what you're looking for. Yes, that that's, that definitely takes so much of the guesswork out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you know you see everything right there at your fingertips. Yes. So so, Kristen, out of all the places that you've lived, what's your favorite? What would you rank as number one? Oh my goodness! And why? It's so hard because it's like good play, good things about good good aspects about all the places but if i were to just give a bare bones no nonsense uh you know again one for one comparison of every place that i have lived um i would say um dallas is probably outside of detroit Mm -hmm. between seattle southern california and dallas dallas would probably be the place i recommend it would be my number one because I get all those comforts that I had living in a really nice area of Southern California, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I'm bleeding financially. Um, mm. Of all the places, Dallas seems to be, um, you know, it's a little bit more provincial, a little less touristy, um, you know, I, I, and, and then a, a lot more diverse than some of the places I've lived previously. So I would say mm. Dallas is it. Okay. For me, mm-hmm. I've again lived in a couple different places. Um, mm-hmm. To 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 be very very honest, 
I think Cincinnati is probably my favorite. There's a couple mm-hmm. of things. The memories go with it. I've completed my family in Cincinnati. Oh, yes. Um, the cost of living is is doable. Uh, Charleston was great, but Charleston didn't have a lot of activities. I think when we lived in Seattle, we got spoiled. I come yeah. from a very a, a small place, a small area, uh, Fayetteville. When I got to Seattle, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the big city. And then going from Charleston, uh, going from Seattle to Charleston, it was um, it was different. Like they didn't yeah. have a lot of malls. When we wanted to go to concerts and do activities, we would have to drive to Charlotte and Charlotte was about three hours away. So mm-hmm. Cincinnati is like a, not a huge city, but it's big enough. They got shopping, they have activities. Yeah. They have um, concerts, you know, people that actually come. When we first moved here, we were like, felt like we were young. Oh, this is going on and we're going to go here. <laughs> and it's very family oriented. And that's the thing that I really enjoy. So when we want to go do things, we can take the entire family. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of activities that are free here. When we were in Charleston, you would have to pay to park, pay to get in, pay oh, for the activities. Okay. When we first moved to Cincinnati, I'm like, this free? You ain't got to pay the park? <laughs> ain't nobody out here collecting cash to park your car on somebody's grass or whatever the case might be. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, the only thing I do not like is the, the winters, uh-huh. but everything else um, you know, again, my family is complete. Brielle seems to really like it here. The school system that we, where we actually are going, I've made some great friends. When mm-hmm. Darren and I do date night, sometimes we'd be like, okay, what are we going to do? Because there's so many activities to choose from. Mm-hmm. I really am enjoying, We, you know, this is this is where we live. And I'm really enjoying it so far. But I don't think I would appreciate Cincinnati if I didn't live in all the other places. In the other places, right? At, like, the, the, all the things that you named, Nina, I think you just did a good rundown of what what people should look for that they might not actually think about before moving mm-hmm. to a place. Like, it's important It's important to me to live in a place where all the big concerts come. Mm-hmm. I would be so mad if I had to drive, like, a great distance to see major acts and it's nice to mm-hmm. be you know like I feel like I found a spot in Prosper where I still get that small town feel but when I want all the razzle dazzle ritz and glitz and yeah. whatever I drive down to Dallas and it's all down there so things to consider is like your quality of life like what do you like to do for fun does your city have that or do you yeah. have to travel somewhere else basically do everything short of relocating to somewhere else is do what the fun things you, you like to do you know if you want it exactly because if you if you don't then you know having that small town or city feel is perfectly fine but mm-hmm. again me coming from a smaller place and gotten spoiled when I lived in Seattle like oh my god look at all this that they have yeah you know, getting lost in places because Lord knows I have gotten lost in <laughs> Seattle on so many occasions. And well, you know what? Like, to your defense, Nina, it's really easy to get. Seattle's not the easiest city to navigate. We talked about them street names and all them numbers. Yes. 
Yes, so, we yeah. have. And then we also have MapQuest and be like, okay, MapQuest, you have gotten me to a ditch. What, what am I supposed to do Don't now? Don't the lake. There you should do. But it has, it has been a journey. Um, again, like I said, I have appreciated where I live now just from other places that I've lived. And I have enjoyed, you know, every place that I've lived, I have enjoyed what that city had to offer. Yes. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, when you talk about what's your favorite, and then you think about the stuff that you did like about each city. Like, mm -hmm. the, I, I was a little bit disenchanted with California by the time it was time to move. But that's, you know, it was a lot that played into that. Life events and whatnot. Yeah, but I can look back and say that while I was there, I did enjoy living twenty minutes away from Disneyland and having that mm -hmm. be in my backyard. And you know, I remember from my desk at Boeing and Long Beach, it, it you know, I have pretty good eyes, so I could see it. But for other people, if you had some binoculars, like I could see the Hollywood sign from where I sat at my desk at Boeing. Yeah. I like yeah. having all the, I like being able to, the one thing that always impressed me about living uh, in Los Angeles and OC is like, you can be one place and feel like you're a world away. Like you mm -hmm. drive in one direction, you can go to Malibu. You drive another direction, you, you're in the hood. You drive down Crenshaw and Slauson and all, you see all of that. Yeah. And then you go where I lived in Irvine and you feel like, am I still in the same state? So that was <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going down rabbit holes. We running long. <laughs> I know. But I I will uh, wrap us up with a quote. And the quote is by Rachel Wolchin. Mm -hmm. And Rachel said, if we were meant to stay in one place, we've had roots and set of feet. Wow. Ain't that the truth? And so that goes to show you you don't have to stay in one place. Um, yes, it is a little nerve-wracking to move from your comfort zone to get out but that's how you grow and again if things don't work out you can go back to what you know yeah but getting out there and exploring I will be encouraging my girls go go out yeah. there you know you, we've we've raised you to have the knowledge that you need so you know right, right from wrong Mm -hmm. But go out and explore, you know, get that exposure. Um, you will have more of an open mind. You know, it just gives you a chance to learn a little bit more about yourself so you can discover who you are. Indeed. Relocate if you can. Yeah. I mean, that change of scenery, you know, just living someplace different. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome conversation piece. I say that to anyone who is experiencing that wanderlust and like, wanting to know like you know, I've been here all my life what would it be like to live in a different city and it's really kind of mm -hmm. like eating at you and you it's the last thing you think about before you go to sleep first thing when you wake up I think that is life kind of knocking at your door saying you know take a chance yeah know? yeah it'll be worth it it will be worth it I always think about that woman on the subway on coming to America go on honey take a chance <laughs> do it yes you and stop thinking about what can go wrong because there are so many things that can go right 
<laughs> Say it again. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So take that chance. Take that leap of faith. Just go for it. Yes. Well, you don't have any regrets. Per use, no matter where you move to, you can always take us with you. Listen to us. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> we will travel anywhere. But anyhow, we as we always say, guys, thank you so much for listening. Share the show, tell a friend, and review the show, please. We are trying to grow our followers. So if you know someone that will enjoy the podcast, or shoot, even if they won't, just tell them about it. (laughs) They may like an episode. (laughs) Let's just hear what you talk about us after. (laughs) Just share it with them and um, help us grow, as as we mentioned. But as Kristen said, we are so grateful for your listenership. Again, <laughs> you know, you know, I like to make up words. We appreciate you just being with us. And with that said, we will be with you next week. Yes, ma'am. Good night, Miss Nina. All right. Good night. <laughs>